Hey everybody, welcome to a Saturday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. This is our Browns-Steelers preview edition. The Browns and Steelers play Monday night football at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. Monday night, uh, the Browns making their primetime debut this season. So uh, here's what we've got coming today. Uh, it's me and Mary Kay and Ashley here to kick things off. We're going to come up with three things to watch in this game. Then Tyler Shoemaker, who if you're a Buckeye uh, a Buckeye Talk listener, you know him pretty well, but he's going to join me. We're going to go over uh, kind of where he has the Browns rated, where he has the Steelers rated, uh, what he thinks of the line, what he thinks of a prop bet or two, and also he's going to give us uh, his favorite and least favorite NFL pick this week. So that's coming up after that. And then we'll be back, and we will make our picks for this game on Saturday. And it's actually a good thing. The game is on Monday, I should say. We'll make our picks on a Saturday. It's probably a good thing we're just making our picks at this point because I think we've all been agonizing over this game all week long. I know I've gone back and forth a little bit. I think we all have too, but let's get to it, Mary Kay. First big thing to watch on on Monday night. Well, I've been writing so much about this, and I, I know we've all been talking a lot about this. Uh, I think the first thing, big thing is Dewan Jones, the Browns' rookie offensive tackle, versus Steelers' 2021 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt. T.J. got started last week by sacking Brock Purdy three times, forcing two fumbles, recovering one. Uh, This is the matchup of the game. They're going to try to exploit Dewan Jones. Uh, They're going to try to wreck the game with that matchup. And, uh, you know, we know that Dewan has been preparing very hard for this. He's played on the enormous stage of Ohio State in his career. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know that the moment will be too big for him. It's just a matter of whether or not T.J. Watt will be too fast and twitchy for him. Yeah, so as far as this goes, and Mary Kay, I want to hear your answer to this too, but Ashley, what are we going to learn about Dewan Jones on, on Monday night going against a guy like T.J. Watt? I feel like if he dominates him, great, then we all yeah. feel good about it. I think that's... But even if T.J. Watt has a big game against him, I just don't know how much I could even really hold that against him at, at this no. point, considering his fourth-round pick, first start, all of that. Um, I don't know how much we're going to learn about him, but that's also what makes this such an intriguing matchup. And honestly, the way the Steelers win this game is if T.J. Watt just blows things apart. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. Like, it's really hard to think of a scenario where anything that happens in that game that's negative is drastically changing impressions of Dewan Jones. But I think in terms of what we might expect to see from him, I think it's like how he as a young tackle can maybe go through his toolbox. Because like we've talked about this, he obviously has the size, right? But a guy like TJ Watt is going to know how to beat you with his speed. I mean, we basically saw Miles Garrett do that this past week against Orlando Brown, who's a bigger guy. And he just, you know, went to his toolbox and did what he does best as an edge rusher. So I think it's like just kind of seeing how Dewan Jones uses, you know, other skills besides his size and just relying on that. I think that's part of it. I think overall, too, just like watching his body language and his demeanor and if he's getting overly frustrated, if he's getting beat, because like, I just think it's fair to expect TJ Watt to get to the quarterback. You know, he got to Brock Purdy and they got killed in that game. Like it still is what he's going to do even if the Steelers are you know not at their best yet or this year yeah I mean Mary Kay I almost feel like we learn more about DeWan if TJ Watt comes out and dominates and then we see how DeWan kind of responds after that now that's not ideal that's not what you want but 
like if we if we're sitting there on Monday night or early Tuesday morning writing about this game and TJ Watt had three sacks and a, a forced fumble and just kind of a TJ Watt game. I don't know if it changes my opinion of what Dewan Jones can be like long term. No, it certainly won't change mine either. I agree with you 100%, and here is why. Everybody that I have talked to so far about Dewan Jones has raved about his work ethic, his desire to be great. And when I talked to Joe Thomas about that specific topic, he said, when, when you have that, that it factor, then you really do have a chance to be great. You can put all that talent together and mix it in with that intense desire, and then you do have a shot. What do we remember about Joe Thomas? He told us at rookie minicamp that he planned to make the Hall of Fame. I actually told that to Dewan <laughs> yesterday. Um, but he's been very impressed about the fact that he has this overwhelming desire to be great and to do all the things that it takes to be great. You can say that and you can give lip service to it, but if you're not doing all of the things that it takes, then it, it really just is falling on deaf ears and it's not really genuine. He has already talked about how he's constantly watching film of T.J. Watt. Every time you talk to him, you get another little detail about what he's doing to be really good at this. We know that he has picked the brains of Jack Conklin, Wyatt Teller, Joe Thomas. He's doing the work. He's doing the work. And that's why even if he gets his butt kicked on Monday night, I mean, who doesn't get their butt kicked? By the T.J. Watts and the Nick Boses and the Miles Garretts, right? I mean, they're going to give him some chipping help. They'll try to take care of him. But even if he gets beat, it doesn't inform what this young man's going to be. I think he's got a chance to be pretty amazing. And I trust the guys coaching him. I trust Bill Callahan and Scott Peters. Um, Those guys know how to get the best out of somebody, and I think they know how to. This is when we coach somebody hard. This is when we pull back a little bit. This is when we kind of give them a little bit more, uh, a little bit more leash, or kind of pull the leash back. They just kind of know. I mean, Bill Callahan's been doing this forever. He's probably the best O line coach in the game, or one of them, and he knows what he's doing. He knows how to coach this guy up. And even if the only concern would be like, would it, what would the mental damage be to Dewan Jones? But I think this place, the, the people here, the coaches here, understand how to kind of handle that aspect of it, Ashley. Yeah, I mean, I think you hear from guys all the time just how valuable the coaching is here, and you hear a lot from younger guys about, you know, this offensive line has been pretty stable now over the last, like, three or four years, especially, I mean, really the only change that's happened is Ethan Posick at center instead of J.C. Treader now. Um, So I think it's not just, like, having these really good coaches there. It's having those veterans there who are not just veterans but are all pro and pro bowlers. And in the case of Joel Batonio, maybe headed on that Hall of Fame path as we have a cart being uh, driven behind us here. But I think all of those things kind of really work in favor of any younger offensive lineman who comes through here. And you actually saw it firsthand last year, I think, with Ethan Posick and how he went from being an insurance policy to, like, one of the best centers in the league last season. The other thing about Dewan, when you talk about that mental aspect of the game and what would happen to him uh, if he has one of those games where he gives up three sacks or whatever the case may be, I'll, I'll tell you what, from everything that I've seen and heard from Dewan so far, and I got the opportunity to sit with him for, I don't know, it was like a half an hour or something like that. Uh, he is not easily rattled. I have watched Bill Callahan try to break this kid from the minute he showed up on the doorstep here 
Bill Callahan has ridden him very, very hard. We watched him throw up out there at rookie minicamp on his first day, and they never let up on him. They didn't let him off the hook that day. They have they made him play all 74 snaps in the first preseason game against the Jets, and it was a hot night. They didn't make anybody else do that. They made DeWand do that. Uh, they rode him hard right from the start of training camp at the Greenbrier to the point where I watched him whip his helmet into the grass because he got so frustrated. Um, but I'll tell you what, he just kept coming back and coming back and showing, I've got this, I can do this. And I asked about that and he said, you know, my like my mom always says, never get too high, never get too low and take whatever the coaches tell you and put it into your game. And I think he's got the right mindset to overcome even a challenging game if it happens. And again, that's right. That's Bill Callahan. That's him knowing exactly what he needs to do to try to pull the best out of this guy. Um, so that's why you kind of have faith there. One note we will mention here about the line is Jed Wills. Um, we, we're recording this before we get any sort of game statuses or anything like that. But Jed Wills um, has been limited in practice. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. So Ashley, what are you watching this yeah. uh, on Monday night? Yeah, I think I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. But in particular, you know, I think the Steelers are at a disadvantage not having Deontay Johnson available in this game. But I think we've seen George Pickens make some big explosive plays against the Browns, you know, in his rookie year last year. Um, They have Allen Robinson now, who Alex Van Pelt talked a little bit about today. So I'm, like, curious, I think in short, like, is this defense going to look as good as it looked against the Bengals? Because I think the Steelers are a different matchup. Um, and especially for this secondary, I want to see, okay, this is a guy who beat you uh, last season a handful of times. How are you going to handle him this year? Yeah, the the encore performance, right? And now there's a chance, Mary Kay, that Juan Thornhill could be back out there as we're recording this Friday afternoon. He was back on the practice field uh, for the first time with that calf injury and, and looked pretty good. You declared in our video that he's going to play, so... Mary Kay's already put Grant, uh, not Grant Dell, but Juan Thornhill on the field. But yeah, the, the encore performance of this defense is really interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's big. I think it's really big. And it was a theme today. We talked to a lot of guys about this. And I think that they are realizing uh, that they cannot rest on their laurels. They can't hang their hat on that game. They can't say, oh, look what we just did to the Bengals. We have arrived anywhere. We all, and we talked about it yesterday, we all saw what happened uh, after they crushed the Bengals in 2021. You know, they went out and got their butts kicked the next week. So you just cannot go from week to week and say what happened last week is going to have any bearing on this game. It's all about matchups. It's about emotion. You know, so far, we don't have anybody telling the Browns that, you know, Cleveland is Cleveland this week or that they're a bunch of elves. Uh, You know, so they're going to have to dig deep and find it within themselves to get up for this big game. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you talk about intangibles, they're going to be up for this game. It's at home. It's on Monday Night Football. And they did get their butts kicked. So, you know, I just think that there's so many different factors going into this game. Ashley, Miles Garrett loves primetime. We've seen it. A lot of it has come against the Bengals, but Miles loves it when everybody's watching and he gets to get a sack and he's going to have some dance prepared. Something's going to be prepared for Miles Garrett. This is like, he, he just loves that spotlight of primetime. And I think this could potentially be, and look, everybody's been talking about TJ Watt. 
So yeah. this could potentially be like a big Miles Garrett game. I think so too. Like just almost in this weird way, him kind of flying under the radar a little bit because everyone is so focused on that other pass rush that they're going to be facing that the offense is going to be going up against. But yeah, you know, I think that it's when you talk about the way we talk about TJ Watt, I think is the same way the Steelers have to talk about Miles Garrett. And a lot of times Miles is going to do things like Joel Batonio today talked about his, he calls it his Euro step move. He compared it to Euro step in basketball, that it's one of his best moves um, off the edge. And I think there are certain things Miles is just going to do that other teams can't stop. So I think like we are going to see him, you know, have that sort of prime time success because he's a player. That's what good players do, right? Like they live for those kind of environments. And even Alex Van Pelt, Mary Kay, got asked a question about Miles Garrett today, and he answered it as if he got asked about T.J. Watt. He basically talked about T.J. Watt instead. So even Alex Van Pelt is talking about T.J. Watt instead of Miles Garrett. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it, it's it's going to be something to watch. Those two guys, Miles Garrett, in addition to. Uh, being on the same field as T.J. Watt, which is always going to fire him up. Whenever he's against a Watt or a Bosa or somebody like that, he's going to bring extra juice. But think about this. T.J. Watt already has three sacks. We, we, have, we have talked about Miles Garrett having his best chance to earn NFL Defensive Player of the Year honors this year. Well, unfortunately for him, it turns into a sack race most of the time. And he's already behind. And um, one of the 49ers, Jackson, also had three sacks in that game last week. So Miles only has one. He, he might be feeling he's got some catching up to do. And it hasn't been lost on him that Kenny Pickett was sacked five times in that game. So he's going to be looking to get his in this game. As you guys said, on Monday Night Football, with the whole world watching, he doesn't generally get any votes. Uh, you know, these primetime games are an opportunity for him to step up and show who he is. Yeah, that, that's a good point. We've talked about that on this pod before. Sometimes it's like just doing the right thing at the right time. And if he really just blows everybody away on Monday Night Football, that's different than doing it at 1 o'clock. You know, Grant Delpit today had an answer that, you know, everybody's watching Monday night, but you know what? The Sunday games, I'm paraphrasing it, we basically said everybody sees it on social media. I don't care. It's still different. On primetime, all the voters are watching. So many people who aren't even on social media are watching. Like, this is where you build that, like, for, you know, like the local writers who can only watch the national games and can't possibly watch every other game that have a vote for DPOI. This is your chance. So... Um, I'm very interested to see what Miles has in store tonight or Monday night. I'm all off this week. I think the game's tonight. I think it's Saturday. I'm just all off. Um, Okay, here's a weird one. Martin Emerson versus George Pickens. That's a matchup I want to watch. They had a little, it was kind of weird. I had to Google it to remember it. They had a little back and forth on Instagram in the offseason, but it was very weird. Like, is sub-Instagramming a thing? That's kind of what it was. They were like sub-Instagramming each other. Um... So that was interesting. They've gone against each other a lot going back to college. You know, Pickens had that highlight catch against him mm-hmm. last year. I think Martin, and we've talked about this, he kind of stews a little bit. He's a pretty competitive guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't really want to talk about it much on Monday when we had him on Zoom. We'll see if it comes up again tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how Martin Emerson responds going against George Pickens. Yeah, I think that um, Martin will get 
up for this game to go against George, especially because, you know, that catch, that one-handed catch where George laid out backwards for it and reached that hand back there, um, you know, it became a meme. Yeah. And, you know, it, it sort of defined Martin in a way that he didn't like. And, you know, I still think he's got something to prove about that. And as you mentioned, they had their little Instagram spat, uh, you know, that they went back and forth on. So they're adding a little spice to the matchup. And, um, you know, George Pickens is going to want to come out and, and have a better game. He, you know, he caught something like five of seven passes, but the yardage was in like the 30s or something like that. So yardage was hard to come by. Uh, points were hard to come by for them. And, you know, he's going to have a lot to prove. And Martin, once again, Monday Night Football, let them know who the heck you are. And I think he's got some of that in him. That's a prime example of what we just talked about with Miles, by the way. That catch by George Pickens, when did it happen? Thursday night when everyone was watching. It became a big thing. Um, so Martin brought up that some people thought the Browns should have drafted George Pickens instead of trading <laughs> down. And I don't know who would have possibly, who could have possibly ever said something like that. But Ashley, this is a matchup that I really want to see. Yeah, certainly not a couple of people <laughs> on this very podcast, Dan, like you or myself. I don't know what, I don't know who, just, what he's talking about. Let's just clarify they could have had both. All right, that's all. They that's all I'm both. saying. They could have had both. both. And also, this is like the Martin Emerson Jr. hype show podcast, which we've gone over. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I mean, I think we all remember that catch. And, and for me last year, to kind of bring it back to the Dewan discussion, like the way Martin rebounded from that play and, and how it didn't really seem to, you know, eat at him in a negative way, I think said a lot about who he was last year. And I just think, again, like it's always good to see him especially go up against these bigger physical pass catchers because he is so smart with how he uses his physicality. And he had that play, um, I can't remember now if it was against Boyd or Higgins, on the left sideline this past week where he doesn't get credited uh, with the pass defense, but he you know, used his body, he turned his face towards the receiver and was able to kind of break it up without getting credited in the box score for it. So it's plays like that to me that make him such a special player this early in his career. And I look forward to kind of seeing him get a chance to use that physicality more on Monday. Okay. We're going to take our first break on the other side. You're going to hear from Tyler Shoemaker. Uh, he's got a, we're not doing prop bets here. I didn't really see any that I loved, uh, but Tyler does give you one in this next segment uh, as he's going to tell you about where he's got the Browns and Steelers rated, uh, tell you about what he thinks of the line, all that good stuff. Uh, coming up in this in this next segment and then Mary Kay Ashley and I will be back and we will make our picks for Monday night's game between the Browns and the Steelers and welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast our Browns Steelers preview a new segment here if you're a Buckeye Talk listener you know this guy well if you're an Orange and Brown Talk listener only you're about to meet him for the first time Tyler Shoemaker we are going to talk a little bit of gambling get into some lines he's going to give us some picks Uh, Tyler welcome to the show here Dan, great, great to be here. I've, I've been doing appearances on Buckeye Talk for uh, about five years now, so it's great to make my uh, debut here on the Orange and Brown Talk. Well, we're happy to have you, but before we get into everything, why don't you kind of introduce yourself to some of the people who maybe don't know you from Buckeye Talk? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I've been kind of crafting my motto, my, my tissue index, uh, which I do college football, NFL, NBA, men's and women's college basketball. I, I, I do numbers for, for all different sports. Um, and I, like I said, I've been doing that for about five years now. And I, at the end of the day, I, I want myself and the people that follow me to understand 
how many points a team would be expected to score and allow against the average team for whatever league they're in. So in this case, when I'm speaking about my offensive and defensive ratings, that's a direct number of how many points this team would be expected to score or allow against the average NFL team. So it's, it's very easy to, to understand and, and digest and very easy to, to take that and make actionable plays, you know, from a betting perspective. So let's start here. Um, you, of course, do your team ratings. So let's start with the Browns and the Steelers. Right now, where do you have the Browns rated and why? Yeah, so now the, you know, after last week's thumping of the Bengals, and, and full disclosure, I grew up in Southern Ohio. I'm a, I'm a Bengals fan, so uh, that was that was painful for me to watch. But after the Browns, you know, dismantled them last week, I've got the Browns number seven overall. Uh, they, they really shot up. Uh, they're now number 10 on the offensive side of the ball and number seven on defense. Uh, so very... Very good on, on both sides of the ball right now for the Browns. I project them. Uh, I've got them second in the AFC North, just a tenth of a point from a power rating standpoint behind the Ravens. Uh, so, you know, well, the Bengals are a three-point favorite against the Ravens this week. So I think if the Bengals take care of business against the Ravens, I expect the Browns might might be number one in the AFC North for me ne- next week. So how big of a jump was it for the Browns this week? They jumped, uh, I believe, two and a half points. Uh, yes, two two point seven points from the preseason. So, you know, anyone that's followed me, I, I've published my college football uh, rating changes throughout throughout the season so far over the first couple of weeks. And in college, teams will jump, you know, a touchdown or so, like Colorado, for instance. Um, but in the NFL, because there's so much more parity and because the games are so much lower scoring and the spreads are just so much tighter, you don't see that much uh, variance. You don't see a huge change. So for the Browns to get a 2.7 point bump in a power rating for me week over week is is a very a very good jump. They were actually second in the league only to the Cowboys in terms of their power rating increase from week one. Okay, so now their opponent, and I'm assuming they went in the opposite direction after what we saw on Sunday against the Niners. Where do you have the Steelers? Yeah, the Steelers did not look good. They were uh, they had. They got downgraded two points, uh, which was the fourth most in the league. Uh, I currently have them number 27 overall, 29th on offense and 18th on defense. You know, I mean, you think of Steelers teams in years past and you think defense, right? But, I mean, they're they're middle of the pack on defense as well, especially after giving up a million points last week. So uh, this is a, a very favorable matchup for for the Browns. And I know we're, we'll get into my official pick here in a minute, but I, I do like this matchup for the Browns. When – I guess week to week, how much do your rankings usually change? How like how much? Obviously, you said the Browns made a big jump, but like how how much does the game to game affect? Is it something that changes as the season goes along when you, and you have bigger sample sizes? Uh, how, how does that kind of work? Yeah, so the way I the way I do it with my numbers, you'll see the first few weeks, the first three or four in particular, you'll see that that's when the biggest changes are going to come because that's giving the model new information because obviously leading into the season, we just, we just have historics and and you kind of put some projection in there, but generally teams are pretty similar year over year, you know, unless you get like a new star quarterback or something like that. Um, So the first few weeks of the season are where you see the biggest changes. And then after that point, it's very minimal from, from week to week. Okay. Let's get into this game a little bit. So um, we'll, we'll get to your pick in in a couple minutes here, but let's start with, a prop that you like or an in-game bet that you like what, what's one that stands out to you for this game yeah so the you know the spread and the total on this game pretty pretty close to my projection so I I went a little off the grid here 
Nick Chubb right now, you can find his rushing yard prop anywhere from like 75 and a half to 79 and a half. And I don't, I don't personally make prop projections, but I have um, multiple subscriptions to, to various places that I trust. And all of those, you know, averaging those out, they're projecting him to, to get well over 95. So I like Nick Chubb's over rushing yards, you know, obviously get the best number you can shop, shop at multiple books if you can. Um, kind of the consensus I saw was 76 and a half. I absolutely love Nick Chubb over 76 and a half rushing yards in this one. Well, here's, here's good news. Um, and I, I'm not only looking at one right now, but DraftKings has it down to 75 and a half. So you can steal that yep. yard there, which yeah, I, I, I do always feel like, and, and I, I always get nervous doing Browns in game bets. Cause I feel like I'm a little too close to it and yeah. like, I'm, maybe I'm missing something, but I always feel like Nick Chubb's rushing totals feel a little bit low and in this game in particular at 75 and a half it does feel like that's a low number yeah yeah i you know i i admittedly i don't bet a ton of props i i do always kind of look at them but generally i i can find especially in college i can find you know a side or a total that i like but in in the nfl you kind of have to look a little more off the grid just because those lines are generally uh, much more sharper because there's so much more action on on nfl games so yeah I, i i love this prop for nick chubb so <laughs> I'm going to throw one at you, and this is more just my chance to take a shot at Kenny Pickett. Uh, but every, every time I see the Steelers, he's, uh, his line for touchdown passes is one and a half. Now, this is a guy that has never thrown multiple touchdowns in an NFL football game. So I feel like I kind of feel like this is one I just want to keep riding until it finally loses. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, I can I can look really quick here. Passing touchdowns. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I would have to play an under there on, on Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, looking at several books here, the problem is to, to take the under you're you're going to have to lay some, some big Jews that most, yeah, most of the books are at, about, there's not a lot of value one and a half, there. but yeah, it lo- looks like maybe your, your best play is going to, uh, looks like DraftKings has minus two thirty. but yeah, I, I, I that's almost a, a slam dunk. I, I think I, I can't imagine him. If Joe Burrow didn't throw for multiple touchdowns, I can't imagine Kenny Pickett's going to. <laughs> so I, I do want to ask you that. And this is one of those things that, that I'm always fascinated by when, when you're looking at odds, right? So you mentioned that Kenny Pickett under, right? Minus two thirty. That's really not worth taking. Um, what are you, what are you looking for? Like what sort of numbers are you looking for when you do take a, a player prop bet or something like that? What, what kind of odds are you looking to find? Yeah. With, with a prop, it's it's a little different because I like I said I don't make my own number on that so I can't actually map out what the implied probability is of a line so that's more of an eyeball test um, you know with a prop you know with like with this Nick Chubb prop I like that a lot so I would be willing to lay you know minus one thirty minus one forty probably on on that you're not going to have to based on what what we've seen here with the odds currently so thankfully you know obviously I, I'm a huge advocate of shopping getting getting the best number you can but with props I'm, I'm willing to to lay a little bit more juice whereas with the size and the totals where I make my own projections and then therefore can take those projections and make implied probabilities I can actually really narrow down on what the the price should be on a line and then that allows me to to shop it from there so generally there I'm, I'm not gonna lay much juice because I can generally get get better value um because i make my own number and and i do think the point you made earlier that that is really worth you know if people are just getting into this definitely shop around there's a ton of books out there and you will find sometimes 
you'll find big differences in numbers. And I'm talking, you know, when I say big differences, it could be four or five yards, but that makes a big difference if you're betting an over or an under, yep. um, if, if you can find those differences for sure. Okay, so let's get to this game. Um, when you and I were texting earlier, I checked to the I checked in on the line, and it was still Browns favored by two. Now I'm looking on DraftKings. They've got the Browns at minus two and a half. Um, so what what do you think? What is your pick here for this game? And the total is still sitting there at 39. Yeah, so my, my projection is actually right at Browns minus two, so I'm dead even with, with the line here. Uh, if you did want to make a play here, the total, um, the last I checked was 39 and a half, I think. Uh, that, that may have even gone down even further now by the time we record this here uh, Thursday evening, but I project 42. Now, I do trust my numbers, However, there, there are some real trends, particularly with these AFC North divisional games. But in the NFL, divisional rivals, because they're so familiar with each other, those games go under the total more often than not. Now, the counter argument to that is oddsmakers eventually are going to bake that in and, and account for that. So at some point, that trend's going to reverse because the lines are going to just be too low. So if you did want to make a play, I would lean to the over based on my number. But again, I don't love it, so it's not an official play for me just because of those divisional rival uh, trends there. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. This thing has moved a little bit. I just said on FanDuel, it's still sitting at that 39 number. I'm sorry, on DraftKings, it's still sitting at that 39 number, but I just pulled up FanDuel, and they've got it. They've got the total at 38 and a half right now. Um, so it's it's moving around a little bit. And like you mentioned, we're recording this on Thursday, so some of this stuff will have changed by the time people listen to this on Saturday morning too. But, um, that's a, but you said your projection had... 42. Yeah. I mean, okay. if you, you know, if you don't feel comfortable playing the, the game total, you can always look within that. And, you know, from a Browns perspective, maybe you play, if, if you say, okay, he mentioned these divisional rival trends. I don't want to bet the under, cause that's no fun to cheer for when I'm watching my team. Maybe you bet the Steelers team total under, you know, if you can get that at like 20, 20 points or, le- um, or higher, maybe take the Steelers team total under if, if you want to, you know, have a Browns centric uh, perspective on that. Just a straight up pick. Um, do you see this as a Browns win, or is there value in taking a chance on that Steelers money line? Yeah, no, I, I like the Browns to to win here. Um, again, I, I think it'll be a close game. All these AFC North games are, are generally slugfest, you know, Bengals Browns notwithstanding. But uh, I, I do like the Browns to win here. If you did want to throw, make a bet, you know, throw something into a teaser here, you can maybe tease the the Steelers up and, you know, get it through seven, get, get that eight, eight and a half number to put in a teaser. I know that's not very fun, you know, if you're a Browns fan, but if, if you're just a straight better, just, you know, trying to find the best, best value, that would probably be my play would be to throw the, the Steelers, get them plus eight and a half in a, in a teaser. Cause I do think this will be a tight game. All right. Let's zoom out a little bit here. What's your favorite NFL pick this week? Yeah, my favorite, you know, I would have said the Cardinals earlier today, which I wrote about uh, in my NFL Best Bets article on VEASAN.com. You can check that out. But literally hours after I wrote that, the Cardinals got bet down from five and a half to four. So I, I don't like it as much at four. I like the Rams. The Rams are still getting seven and a half. I bet at eight and a half. I like it. anything seven and a half or better. I love even at seven, I would still play it maybe a little bit smaller. But I, I do like the Rams to cover against the Niners this week. Can I ask you what I what you think of this one? I kind of am looking at this Packers plus one and a half over the Falcons. Uh, maybe this is an overreaction to week one because the Packers did look good against the Bears, albeit. That one's interesting to me, just eyeballing it without even really putting much thought into it. 
Yeah, th- and this one actually opened. The Packers actually opened as a favorite here against the Falcons. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, my, my number is actually Falcons minus three on that. Um, so I I was late. I was I, I was watching the odd screen and I was like going back and forth in my head. Like, well, should I should I play the Falcons plus one or you know do I see if if to your point like maybe people overreact and bet the Packers to minus three and I can get the Falcons plus three. But my number likes the Falcons there. Um, but the market has moved on that now. The Falcons are like you said a, a one one and a half point favorite. Um, again, I think I think the Packers uh, at that line would be great to put in a teaser because you can tease it through three and through seven with a six point teaser. So to get the Packers, you know, plus seven, plus seven and a half in a teaser, I, w- I would like that angle. Okay. So what's your least favorite that you're looking at the board here, the game that you just don't want to touch? Yeah. My least favorite, the Cowboys jets, um, the line, the last I looked was nine and a half. I think there were maybe some, some nines out there. I, the Cowboys looked great, which great for them. The jets, you know, even after Aaron Rodgers goes down, they still get it done and, and beat the Bills in overtime. I want nothing to do with that game until I get more data on the Jets. Um, and also, I mean, the Cowboys, just historically speaking, when a team looks that good in week one, the perfect opportunity to bet against them is in week two when when everyone overreacts. And a 40 to nothing win will do that. But also, I don't really want any part of the Jets. So uh, that, that one's that one's definitely a stay away from me. I'm with you on that because I thought about it. I'm like, well, you know, everybody's going to be taking the Cowboys. Maybe this is one of those kind of fade the public games and you just take the Jets at the plus nine and a half and the game's closer than everybody expects it to be. But, you know, you're right. I don't I don't want to be worrying about what Zach Wilson is doing on Sunday. Yeah. I, I just I don't yeah. want to have to trust the Jets until I have more reason to trust the Jets. But I do think this is one of those games where everybody's just kind of assuming, oh, the Cowboys are going to win another game by 40 points. But we've seen in the NFL that's just not always how it works. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I, like you said, I, I couldn't, couldn't consciously uh, put put money on Zach Wilson and feel good about it. So I'm, I'm staying away. All right, that is uh, that's Tyler Shoemaker. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on X at T Shoe Index, T S H O E Index. You can read my work, get all my best bets on college and NFL uh, at vsin.com. That's v s i n.com. You can also check me out, uh, cleveland.com. I'll have my uh, NFL and college articles written there every week, as well as, uh, as Dan said, on the Buckeye Talk podcast as well, if you're an Ohio State fan. So I uh, look forward to interacting with with you guys on there. And um, I'll, hopefully we'll, we'll be doing this this all season long. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this is going to be a, a regular segment here on Orange and Brown Talk now, along with your, uh, your stuff you're doing on Buckeye Talk. So looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for the time. Yep. Thanks, Dan. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks again to Tyler Shoemaker for coming on. Uh, he'll be a weekly fixture here on these preview pods. Um, does a lot of data work, and uh, I know a lot of Buckeye Talk listeners really like him, so we're happy to have him involved here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Okay, so Dan back now with Mary Kay and Ashley. It is time for us to make our picks. I'm going to just double-check in real time to make sure that this line hasn't moved. And again, we're recording this on Friday. It's uh, 3 o'clock. And I got to pull it up here real quick. The line was two and a half. The Browns were favored last I checked. And it is still two and a half with a total of 39 points. The Browns favored in Pittsburgh, which has certainly been a rarity. So I have a case to make as to why I'm making the pick I'm making. I don't have to go first, but does, does anybody really feel compelled here to, 
to make their case. I know, Ashley, you've been going back and forth I have been going back and forth. I'm still agonizing over it and feel like I'm going to regret whatever I pick in like an hour. Okay, well, let me give you the pep talk. This is the pep talk. Do you remember 2020? Yes. Okay, the Steelers started that season 11-0, and and everybody was really scared of the Steelers. But then something funny happened. The Steelers fell apart, and they finished the season, what was it, 12-4? and I th- or, yeah, 12-4, and four. but that means they went 1-4, and four, and they played like one good half of football in the month of December, comeback win over Indianapolis. The Browns, meanwhile, started playing their best football in December, and their only losses were the shootout to Baltimore and the game when a bunch of their receivers got put in the COVID protocol and had to sit out against the Jets. Still, even after the Browns beat the Steelers in Week 17, ah, they're going to Pittsburgh, they can't win that playoff game. Now, Mary Kay, I think you picked the Browns to win that game. I know some other people did too. I did not, though. And it hit me afterwards, like, why did I not see this coming? I picked the logos. I picked the Steelers logo over the Browns logo. I didn't pick the football teams. So the way I'm looking at this, and now that was there were no fans in the stands for that game. It was empty. It was wonky. It was weird. Maybe if Mike Tomlin doesn't punt on that one fourth down in the third quarter, the Steelers win that game. I don't know. But the Browns won that game. In hindsight, I felt like I should have seen it coming. I did not. So I am listening to, I'm learning from history here. The only football case I can make for the Browns to lose this game is TJ Watt. And I don't think that's enough. I think he can cause problems and make it hard and keep it within that two and a half points. I think the Browns are going to win this game because I think they're the better football team. So I'm picking the better football team that has the football case. And we'll see what happens if all that other stuff ends up mattering. But I like the Browns to win this game. I was going to go a little bigger than I am here now. I'm going to go... 26-21, 26-21, Browns win. They cover, I guess that's the over, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, you make some excellent points That was there. a good pep talk, right? I was going to say, Dan, your pep talk worked. It, like, right? I, I am, I'm, think I know what I'm picking now. It was a good pep talk. Oh, but no. there was something that, <laughs> that I have to push back <laughs> <But>. on <laughs> a little bit because you said. We're going to talk about Baker, aren't we? <laughs> no, not Baker. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, it could be T.J. Watt. But I would counter that it's not just T.J. Watt okay. against Juan Jones. It is also Alex Highsmith against Jed Wills. All right, that's fair. So you've got two excellent pass rushers. And Alex Highsmith did get 14 and a half sacks last year, which was like sixth in the NFL. Like he was right up there with Miles Garrett. Yes. And he forced five fumbles. And now you've got those two guys together. A lot of last year, TJ Watt. See, I'm going to talk Dan out of his pick. Ashley's over here like just, she doesn't know where to go now. Last year, those two guys weren't together all that much because TJ was hurt a lot last year. This year, now you've got both of those guys and you're going against Dewan Jones, large human being, yes, but he's making his first NFL start. And on the other side, you've got Jed, who's got a gimpy foot, and he struggled in his first game, giving up four pressures and one sack in 35 pass blocks. So he was already a little shaky heading into last week's game. Now he's got this foot injury. So if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm attacking those two young tackles. That's going to be my game plan. And now it helps tremendously that they don't have Cam Hayward. Right. Because, you know, if, if you couldn't get 
anywhere and you're Deshaun Watson, you know, that's bad. But they're going to have to do Cam Hayward by committee. We all know that. I mean, there's no way. You just can't replace Cam Hayward. But if they can get the push up the middle and they can get the pressure up the middle as well as what they're capable of doing on the edges, they could potentially wreck the game. Now, that doesn't account for the other side of the ball. The other side of the ball, I still think the Browns' defense is going to go out and kick some butt. I really do. I mean, I would be very surprised if they don't go out there and have their way with with Kenny Pickett. So that's why I still think they're going to win the game. I do. I still think they're going to win the game. It's not an easy pick. It's not an easy pick for any of us. Ashley is over here completely <laughs> agonizing over this. I think I know what I'm doing now, but it has not it has not been a fun process figuring it out. No, it's it's not. It's never oh. easy. But I'm still going to pick the Browns to win because I feel like they really want to prove that Cleveland is Cleveland means something different now. And when they hear stats like the Steelers are 20 and 0 on Monday Night Football dating back to 1991 and the Cleveland Browns haven't gone 2 and 0 since 1993 they're going to be like no we are not yesterday's Cleveland Browns we're the new Cleveland Browns and things are different here and i think they're going to win the game and i think that they're going to plant their flag in Eckershire Stadium what a visual this was so I got up and gave my pep yes. talk. And then Mary Kay, like, pushed me out of the way <laughs> and started with the, like, well, here's Negative. why you're wrong, but then came in and finished strong. Yes. So, yes. Ashley, you have I no choice it. at this point. I love it. You know, I honestly, Dan, your pep talk alone was enough to sway me to pick the Browns. Um, and it is mainly because I think all week when I've been going back and forth, it has been the logos. It has been like just knowing what the Steelers are and like the Steelers to me, it's like the concept of like a bad boyfriend in a relationship, <laughs> right? Like how many times are you going to burn me before I finally learn who you are? And it, it feels like this happens every year where like I look at the last couple of years and I'm like, well, the Browns are better than them. Surely they should win. And then the Steelers come out at home in the regular season and kick their butts once in prime time and once to the point that it was so bad it made Dan say I think that's the last time we heard from Baker Mayfield as a Cleveland Brown and he was right so I kept playing that in my head and how complimentary Mike Tomlin was and the fact that those guys are coming off of getting their butts kicked and they're gonna have that element of it going for them working in their favor and and all these things and his success as a head coach but I cannot get out of my head watching that game against San Francisco and watching that defense and thinking Jim Schwartz has to be sitting up in his office licking his chops right now. And I have my notes in front of me and I wrote, they made Fred Warner look like a freak in that defense. Like, And I just could see Jim Schwartz executing things really similarly. So I am going to pick the Browns. I think it's going to be a low scoring game because I do think the Steelers are going to impact Deshaun Watson and get to him. So I'm going to go Cleveland 17-14. The only thing I've wavered on is the score now. Yeah. I might have gone a little too high. This might be one of those games. Honestly, now I'm almost thinking of going with the under, but picking the Browns to win by more. But we'll see. I'm going to stick with 26-21 on this pod. But we got to do a prediction on a video. We got to do a prediction on print. So I might, just put, I might just put a bunch of scores out there and just see if one hits. Yeah, I didn't give you guys my score yet, and I really don't have a good handle on whether or not this is going to be 
low scoring, medium scoring, high scoring. Sometimes those things completely take us by surprise. But for whatever reason, I will go with my first answer on the test, and that was Browns 27-25. Okay, there we go. Another clean sweep. Uh, look, we all had a clean sweep last week, and we're all sitting here 1-0 after uh, after week one, just like the Cleveland Browns. Um, okay, full coverage of this game, of course, will be at cleveland.com slash browns. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We will have a post-game podcast at some point. If you're subscribed, it'll hit as soon as I hit publish. We had somebody tweet at us today who said they subscribed to Spotify just to listen to us. So, awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, so, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then also, become a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. I mentioned that video that we do every week where we make picks and preview the game. Uh, that's on YouTube. Search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. And then also check out our Instagram page, Orange and Brown Talk. Search for that. You will find us. All right. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to Ashley. Thanks to Mary Kay. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.